0: Welcome to the Rooted in Change podcast. Hey everybody, this is Jan and you're listening to the Rooted in Change podcast. I'm interviewing European cleantech champions on how to tackle the climate crisis. Today, I'm talking to Lydia, who is the CEO and founder of Smobia. We'll learn more about biomimetic materials and how they can reduce the ecological footprint of the fashion industry. Welcome, Lydia.
1: Hi, I'm super happy to be here. Thank you.
0: I'm so happy to have you. Why don't we start with you telling us a bit about your background? So how did you come about starting your own business? Where does the idea come from? What did you do beforehand?
1: Okay, so um, yeah, as going back to the beginning, um, yeah, when I was in high school, I didn't really... Know like where to go from here, mm-hmm. and I had so many ideas: writing a magazine, directing a movie, everything. Right. And um, I grew up in Page, which is not a super small, but um, not a super big town either. So it has about one hundred and forty-five thousand people. And right. um, I always wanted to go abroad. So when I was uh, in my last years of high school, I actually moved to the UK. And finish my GCSEs there where I really um, had so many new experiences, meeting with new people and realizing that how many opportunities are out there and what are the options of actually starting a business as well. So um, after high school, everyone kind of always told me, my teachers and my parents as well, that I can put up a good argument, so I should be a lawyer <laughs> And um, that was always funny, but I, because I didn't really have any idea. I was, there were so many things that I was interested in. And right. the one thing that I always just wanted is to create kind, some kind of an impact. There was mm-hmm. a very bad accident in Hungary where, um, where a woman actually got killed. So I really felt mm-hmm. that um, I should, I should start with law and, make sure that um, we can walk off same and all that. So it has right. been just always to create something that that changes the world in a way. And um, so I, I went to law university and I actually finished that all the five years. So that's a fun fact because it has nothing to do with what I actually do now. <laughs>
0: Um, And it's hardly ever, I have to say, it's um, hardly a degree that you come across when you talk to founders or cleantech founders. You know, often it's an engineering degree, but hardly ever a a law degree.
1: (laughs) Yes, exactly. So, um, yeah, everyone kept telling me that, okay, you won't finish it. So I kind of just made myself to (laughs) push through. But, uh, yeah, I really have to say that during my university years, even in my first year, I kind of knew that this is not going to be my journey. So I started um, in fashion, which is where um, I kind of got into the clean tech space as well. So I, um, even in the UK, I started studying fashion and fashion management, market development. And I worked with a company um, called DFO International. So they are based in Budapest here. And um, there I was brand manager and I worked with a lot of fashion companies and um, um, contemporary and luxury fashion brands. So I really just got inspired of like the artistic bit. And when talking to them, I realized that how limited the options are to actually create a sustainable line. And of course, I was faced daily with the pollution and all the issues with the fashion industry
0: Hmm. Um, yeah we sort of all know the the problems that the fashion industry has
1: yeah 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 exactly and um they were as well always like asking that um okay the ways to communicate um and be better at um creating something that that has kind of an impact as a brand as well what they can do and um I always just um, were very interested in this space and even back then when I started working with this material um, I applied for this um, competition called Future of Mm -hmm. Fashion Competition which was part of the Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week Um, and my sister is a designer so we just come together and um, I, I had kombucha at home and that's where the whole thing started so I knew that and I realized that something uh, growing on the surface of my kombucha tea. <laughs> so right. um, I just researched a lot and science always was very fascinating to me. And although I'm not an engineer, I've read a lot and uh, I really just got into the habit of educating myself on on how how these things happen and why and what is the chemistry behind it and uh, what is the biology that um, creates this material. So um, I really just got into that and uh, started researching and um, that's when I found that actually this is a material that is similar to leather when treated and um, um, that's where the whole idea just came from and we actually made a capsule collection for the Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week, um, for this competition, but we of course didn't win. We didn't even got it, uh, into the top ten, but we were in the top fifteen, and um, it was just super funny because um, the collection looked very bad in a sense that it didn't fit right. The material was not strong enough, and right. um, but it was it was a very fun experience because we actually had to create like. 17 huge sheets like a scalable version of this material which was not even engineered and wasn't even controlled so um that was my first time actually working with this material and over the time it just um evolved so because I was so interested in I started working with a biologist and uh then I met with my co-founder who's a material scientist and um this is how we actually um started to work towards the science bit and make sure that before scaling up, which I did, we can actually start um to engineer this material and make it better and create something that that can change or impact the fashion industry in the future.
0: Right. So in a in a nutshell, super interesting journey. Um, in a nutshell, would you say that you have developed a material that's based on kombucha that acts and behaves like leather is that a fair assessment
1: yes so basically we are growing a sustainable um material which is Mm. it's not based on kombucha anymore um but it is on microbes um and actually these microbes are creating um this material that looks and feels a bit like leather and this is a biomimetric materials that we create in our lab. And um, our whole goal is just to reduce the ecological footprint of the fashion industry and implement circular ap- approach into this. So basically the um, base of the material that we use to grow our microbes on are waste products of the food industry. Mm-hmm. So that has been always very important for us as well. To make sure that we can reuse the waste product of other industries, and um, because this actually grows on a liquid form, so otherwise mm-hmm. we would need to use um, drinking water, which, which of course um, would not that be a wouldn't be a sustainable option at the end.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. So um, this uh, is the material for now, but of course we are still in R and D phase, um, and we are still. Before scale up, we are experimenting with the material uh, to make sure that um, the coating and the material treatment um, will be a durable option because the material is very new. And although we make a lot of tests and research, Mm -hmm. um, we only still have this material for one, two years. So, uh, of course, we do have to experiment a lot on it. But, um, and I think the challenge here. Um, is to make sure that it is a durable material but at the same time it is a sustainable material and how can you stay 100 percent sustainable when creating a durable material
0: Mm -hmm. yeah it's a really interesting challenge from a from a tech point of view Mm -hmm. Uh, but I would assume that you have already made some some waves with your approach and product uh, given that the fashion industry is so desperately looking for alternatives
1: yes 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 exactly so i think there are so many different alternatives out there right now um i wouldn't say that um that all of them are ready to purchase as a designer Mm -hmm. so most of them are just um still either in r&d phase or have their own challenges to solve um because yeah we'll get to this but uh I think the other huge challenge is definitely just um, to make sure that our material, our biomaterials, are not including any plastics, not mm-hmm. even in the coating and the seal, because that adds to adds to just another problem and will contribute to microplastic right. pollution, which just kind of puts us back to the starting point.
0: Yeah. Yeah, really interesting. I mean, what I really like about you as, as a company and as a team is that you bring together those different perspectives. So not just the tech challenge of creating novel material, but sort of looking at the value chain more holistically and really understanding the issues that the fashion industry has and sort of the, the scope and the
1: yeah, uh,
0: depth of the different problems that I had. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah, thank you. Uh, it's so it's always like an exciting uh, brainstorming conversation for us as well, and I think this is why um, it's great to have such a um, such a team where you have a background with so um, different skills and um, um, just knowledge what we can kind of put together in a basket and, uh, and mm-hmm. solve uh, the challenges along the way together. Cause we are, we have designer in the team. We have, a uh, um, of course, an engineer in our funding team and, um, as well me coming from a fashion industry, um, it's always just kind of, uh, easier for us to, uh, identify, I would say, what are the needs that our customers are looking for than, um, than if we would only come just from the research background. But of course, um, I think these are definitely learnable skills. It just um, It's just something that you really have to focus on. And I think there are so many people always say that yes you have to realize whether you're looking or le- like when you're a startup whether you're creating a product that you want to create or whether it's a product that your audience needs <laughs> so yeah. um we are always still evaluating this because when you're creating a novel material. I'm not the only one who has to be intrigued because there are some things yeah. when, when we touch it and we're like, whoa, this is super interesting. I love this. This is so rare. And I never like, touch mm. something similar to this. But then we have to think like, okay, but what will our customers say who are trying to compare this to leather? Although this is a new material, it's not, um, maybe we should see things a little bit, differently and not only compare it to an existing material but kind of open our minds and explore new options that were never possible with leather but at the same time I know that it takes time probably (laughs) to introduce Mm -hmm. these um, new touches and feels as well so I think it's always important to tell us that uh, tell ourselves to okay just first do something that's similar to leather and at the same time, yeah. kind of introduce those lines that are slightly different, but are exploring so many um, other options and offering so many other options and opportunities for designers.
0: I think it's really interesting how you can infuse that change into society and business um, I, and I guess it's often a debate that a lot of clean tech founders and companies have you know where does your innovation sit and how how big of a bang can you actually uh, achieve? Sort of um, to say, look, at the, at the on the one hand, we have something that's quite revolutionary and will help you transition to a sustainable business. But at the same time, your customers probably don't want to be too ambitious just yet because they have a material that's working. And uh, sort of the whole production process is obviously focused on on the unsustainable way right now. Uh, so it's really hard to find the sweet spot there because obviously at the same time you create a new a new category and a whole new segment of fashion there.
1: Yeah, that was so funny. The first material that we ever created really had um feel of rather like a human skin, rather like an animal skin. Mm-hmm. And um, and when we showed it to a couple of people who are not around us all the time and we try, kind of tried to perform the mum test on them and um, yeah, they were like, Oh wow, this is, this is weird. This is strange. It feels a bit like human skin. And they were like, yeah, but you know, how interesting is that? And they were like, no. (laughs) So so I think that's, that's always important to realize when you're creating something that might be a little bit um, not in the, Timing that you you need right now, or, or mm. if it's a little bit too niche um, for for most of the people.
0: But you said you were still in R and D phase. So when is the the average Joe or the average Jan in this case able to first purchase a product with your new materials?
1: So um, although we are still in R and D, we still think that it's super important to get constant feedback. So we are already selling samples. And um, although we highlight the fact that this is our, uh, this is an evolving material, we are still working on it. Let us know what you think and um, share what you think that we can improve. So we can still implement those changes and uh, make sure that we don't miss out on um, the feedback of these brands who are actually our customers or like hopefully our future customers. Mm -hmm. And, um, but we are already, um, selling samples and smaller sheets, which they can create, Mm -hmm. um, sample products from, which is also super important because when you're creating a new material, you have to also count with the fact that this will not react the same way as, as, um, other materials that are have been existing for centuries uh, for example leather Um, and it might have a different um water absorbency capacity or it might um Mm -hmm. um, have a different feel when you're sewing it and it might um um have to have like different um um technologies when you're creating a material or product from it. It might be that there are even more options, but you have to try it and work with it and see what are the things that you kind of got used to when working with another material and try to compare it and create something from it, which is from our material and see how the technology that you used to use is different from when you're creating this or when you're working with this material. So I think this is super important and um, it has been um, so far um, amazing feedback for us from the brands who we already work with. And they said that, yes, we realize that we do have to, um, touch it a little bit before, uh, differently or sue it a little bit little bit differently to get the same end result. Um, and that do require some knowledge and it is not the same material and it might need um, some time for the designers to as well realize what are the best um, cases of use for this. As... As it's still a new material, so I think that's uh, that's also a super important thing to touch on.
0: Right. So you sort of the main challenges that you have at the moment is both just gathering more early customer feedback on sort of and explore how the material behaves. Yeah.
1: yeah long term, creating-
0: as well as preparing yourselves for scaling up.
1: Exactly. If we are creating a boots from, let's say, or shoes, then of course you have to suit that onto kind of a soil and how will that mm-hmm. work? What um, are the technologies, how, how we can actually put that together. And um, of course, when you're out in the rain, how will the shoe react? How can you treat that material later on to bring back those qualities? Like when you're also like treating your leather boots to make sure that the leather stays soft. So um, these are all challenges and I think these are all situations when which we have to face during this development stage and this research uh, stage because, um, because these will be um, the feedbacks of our customers as well or our, our end customers. So it really means also a lot for us that the brands who we work with are so open and um, can really um, – be in the mindset that, yes, this is a new material. Give it to me. Let me know what I can make from it. Let me know what uh-huh. is the best case of use. And uh, I will I will create something that works the best with this because there are some properties that are similar. There are some which are different and um, it might even work um, so much better than I imagined. Mm-hmm. But it might be cases when I need to pivot with my existing technology because it's not going right. to be the way how it used to work with ladder.
0: Exciting. <laughs> and speaking of feedback and sort of advice, what was the most valuable piece of advice that you've received so far during your journey from, well, potentially law school up until now?
1: Um, well, I would say that, uh, uh, yeah, that's a hard one, but I think um, the most valuable one that I always just have to kind of remember is that just do it. <laughs> just uh-huh. don't think of think about it. Just do it, because I think when you when you're creating a startup and when you're working in a startup and creating innovative materials, there I think most people tend to be, and it's it's the same for me um be a bit of a perfectionist and kind of mm-hmm. that, okay, this is not ready yet. I don't wanna show it to people or I don't wanna release it. I don't wanna send it to brands because there are still a lot of things that I wanna work on before that stage. But if you always wait for that stage, then nothing will ever get released. And um at the same time those feedback as I mentioned are so important in the development of our journey and in the development of our material and um also i think like if if we would wait um just to kind of in our space develop further and further uh, i think this is one mistake that when i'm talking to researchers make a lot that they also Mm -hmm. think that okay this is not perfect yet i have to work on it and i have to work on it and it's just not the space uh it's just not the pace of um a startup world and we really have to be snappy and quick and uh, give updates and releases and um, develop in that sense that also the public kind of knows and uh, at the same time when i'm talking to for example we have a mentor um, from beamline accelerator um her name is marianne and um Mm -hmm. She's actually the CEO of Jalotex, another um, startup that is in the clean tech space. And she always just told me like, okay, just talk to the customers, just get it out there and do right. it. And that always just helped me because, yeah, if if I would wait for me thinking that, okay, it's perfect already, then we would wait for a long time. So it yeah. just makes me realize that, okay, just say that okay it's not 100% yet we are still working on it but at least we know which way to work towards it
0: and and I guess that's also the one key difference between academia and then the startup world that you're not waiting for for perfection as you phrased it but really getting out there and getting the, the customer feedback to improve your product and at the same time we really don't have that time right the climate crisis is here exactly so there is a sense of urgency and we can't just wait another five years uh, to spend on R&D. We really need to get out there and try out solutions to help us transition to a more sustainable world.
1: Yeah, exactly. When we are uh, working with the universities as well and um, academia and professors who are also material scientists and are experts uh, in the topic and, um, they help us with a couple of tests that we do have to run in and we don't have the right equipment or um, the uh, laboratory that they have in the university. So sometimes we just ask for a couple of me- measurements. And when we talk to them, it's kind of the same thing that, of course, they are researchers, but at the same time, they have so many great things. But when if you don't kind of turn that into a startup and. Um, develop it further and really if there is no, no one there who's passionate enough to lead that idea to become something mm. that's out there, then those great ideas just kind of die <laughs> and uh, hopefully-
0: yeah, they just sit there and yeah. never see the light of day.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good and, and key advice to just to take the leap of faith and do it <laughs> and see the results and learn while you go
1: and it's also like a reality check, just to make sure no one will ever have a perfect um, answer or a perfect solution or a perfect stage to launch. Because when you're creating a product, I think that no one ever who launches a product will think that, okay, it's 100% perfect. Even if mm. they might say so, I think they always kind of feel that, okay, if I could do this and this and that, it might might be even better. But... That's the beauty of development and that's the beauty of new releases.
0: Nice. Well, um, this brings us almost to to the end of our lovely chat. Um, but I was wondering um, as we, well, you were very hopeful, very um, inspiring, but I was wondering whether there was anything else that you would want to share with our listeners and to sort of inspire them even further. Is there anything that gave you hope or inspired you recently?
1: Mm um every day I think when I just talk to my co-founder um, or our engineers um who are actually working on our technology right now what we are creating before scaling up um I think it's just working with them and science and how this team is coming together and creating something completely new, it's just super inspiring for me. And I mm. just want to make sure that I can kind of live up to um, that as well and um, um, bringing what I can to contribute to this journey with them because what they are creating every day is... is um, also very amazing for me and very inspiring. And it's, it's just a great journey to be part of. And as you mentioned as well, this whole clean tech space, even when I'm on LinkedIn, I'm just like, you know, checking through what people are doing from startup Basecamp and um, different um, startups creating novel materials even and, um, or just with green energy I think everyone who's working on this is just super inspiring for me to read their journey and hear their story.
0: (laughs) Wonderful. Those were very good last words. Thank you so much for them, Lydia. (laughs) And it was a pleasure talking to you. Thank
1: you so much as well.